the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you're here today. We are going to be talking about a current topic in the world of careers, and that is this so-called two-speed recovery that the economists are talking about, especially here in the U.S. So the idea behind this two-speed recovery is that there are some industries that have recovered really quickly. In fact, there are, of course, some that were never really hit by COVID. And then there are some industries and types of jobs that are really lagging in their recovery. And if you dig into this data, a lot of what is separating the two is one, the ability to be done remote, and two, education level, and three, in in addition to or kind of confounded with education level is age and socioeconomic status. So what we see when we look at this two-speed recovery is actually some similar problems that people in both types of job search are are seeing right now. And so we're going to talk about those and how you or someone you might know can push through their job search. Even if they're in an industry that is quote unquote doing really well right now, they might be struggling in their job search because of some other things that are going on in the job market. One of the pieces of data that I saw recently was that people have stopped, kind of dropped out of the job search because they're feeling downtrodden. They've been applying, nothing's happening, or maybe they were applying earlier this year and nothing was happening, so they decided to take a break. And of course, now it's summer, so we all just want to take a summer break. But if you really want to make a difference in your career, if you really want to make a move, or if you're unemployed and really want to get a job, now is the time to search. Why less competition? Lots of other people are taking a summer break, and if you take that summer break too, you'll be right there with them in September, standing in those long lines, virtually, or whatever it is, to get that next job. If you take some steps this summer, you can be ahead of the game and maybe even land something this summer, even if you don't start until the fall, that will let you achieve your career goals. So let's look at some of the things that are happening and some of what might be getting in the problem. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is identifying the real problem. So I talked to a mom of two young kids a couple of years ago. She gave me a call. She said, I'm looking for something different. So tell me what's going on. Why are you unhappy in your current work? It's like, well, I just feel blah, right? I, I just am struggling. I don't love what I'm doing. I I feel like I'm not effective. And after we talked for a few minutes, I and she both agreed that we're not quite sure it's the job, right? There are seasons in our lives where things just suck. And it may be work, but it might not be. And when you're feeling that need to start looking somewhere else for a different job, this is your first task. 
to really figure out what is blah right now. Is it work? Is it a long-term issue at work? Or is it a short-term issue at work? Maybe it's not work at all. Maybe it's family-related. As the mother of two young children, I can tell you that feeling like you're ineffective at everything or not really loving life every day may just be a symptom of having two young children when you don't get any sleep and you're constantly being pulled at for attention for other things and never really feel like you solve the problem for anyone, right? So that's the first thing that if you're feeling like an itch, figure out where that itch is before you start scratching because it may not be a career itch and you can put yourself through a whole bunch of problems with your career, maybe even hurt your current career trajectory or job without it really being the problem. Journaling, really thinking about when you're not clicking, what's not clicking, and taking the time to look at your job, what do you enjoy? Maybe there are some pieces there that you enjoy that you could focus on and grow there or in a different job instead of thinking about, you know, getting out is the answer. That fight, fight, fright, freeze, flight, fright, freeze that jumps on us and makes us think, oh, I got to get a new job when really that may not be what we need to do. So when you're feeling blah, and a lot of people are right now, get out, get some sunshine if you're in the northern hemisphere. And if you're in the southern hemisphere, you might be just going into the winter blahs. Find those things in your job or elsewhere that do give you satisfaction so that you can reset your mindset and really think about what you need before you make that transition. So that's the first thing is if you're feeling like I need a career jump or maybe you're job seeking and you're thinking, oh, I need to start looking for different jobs because this isn't working. We really need to assess what's going on before we make that jump because a career change is harder than finding a job and the type of work that you've been doing. And this we're going to talk about here in a minute, but. A career change may not be the answer. Let's identify what's really going on here. Looking at what you've been doing, what's working, what's not working. And if you're in job search, we're going to talk about some other reasons that that job search may be stalled that are not related to the type of job that you've been searching for. So let's do that work first before we decide that we need to make a a career change. Because here's the deal. Changing careers takes time. Changing careers usually requires some kind of reskilling or some intense networking, or at the very least, some very thoughtful branding, communication of how are you going to translate what you've done in the past into this new career. Because you can't just get a job that you want to get when you can't show that you have experience doing something like that or that you've gotten the education to be able to do those things. 
This doesn't mean it's impossible, but it does mean that it's going to be harder than just finding another job in the same line of work you've been doing. We've talked about this before on the show, but just a quick rundown. Fastest job search will be in the same role that you've been in and in the same industry that you've been in. The next fastest search will be in the same role, but changing industry. So if you are tired of the industry that you work in, could you do a similar type of job, similar types of skills and tasks in a different industry that might give you an opportunity to get a bit of a shake up and make a little change without, you know, throwing out everything and starting over. The next fastest job search will be in the same industry, but a different role. So if you want to move up or if you want to do something different, your best way to do that will be to stay in the industry where you already have the connections and industry knowledge that can help you take that step into a different role. It is going to take a little bit longer just because employers want to hire someone who's done the job that they're looking to hire someone to do. They want to hire someone that has shown they have the skills that they're looking for someone to 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 do. This is a mastery class in translation, right? We've got to be able to translate what you've done in the past into the language of what you want to do in the future. If you're making a slight change, this is really easy. So if you, you know, have been in customer service in one industry, you're going to change industries. You just got to make sure you got the right lingo to make it into that new industry. If you're going to go from customer service to inside sales or even outside sales, you need to be able to translate what you've done into that sales language. Can you speak the language? Can you speak to a few accomplishments that may be relevant to that new sales world, even though you haven't had the title of sales? Those translation, that speaking to the right skill set is going to be critical to make any of these transitions. And again, easiest transition is staying in the same role, but maybe changing industries. Stay with the related industries will be fastest. And if you want to change roles, then you're going to stay in the same industry. If you want to change your industry and your role, nothing saying you can't do that, but it might take a step to change one first and then the other, or going back to school, reskilling, or some heavy-duty networking to be able to overcome that, that career transition. So identifying what is the real problem and your focus, really getting clear on that focus in terms of the types of jobs you want to do and the industries that you're targeting, those are your first steps to making that transition. And when you start to do that research and really dive into these questions, that'll help circle back to our first question of, is this really the problem? Start to identify the things that you really like to do, that you do right now, because you're going to need to leverage those. And then maybe some things that you really like to do that you don't get to do right now. That'll give you an idea of what isn't working in your current job and how might you be able to craft your current job to meet those goals instead of, you know, jumping ship. You might need to jump ship. Well, let's just think about it a little bit first because it's not going to be easy. Even if you're going from the same job to the same job, 
even in your if you're in one of these industries that they are talking about, you know, being easy or it's a employee, you know, employees market, job seekers market, job search is going to be challenging no matter what the market looks like. So taking the time to get that focus and really understand what it is that's driving your transition will keep you motivated as you move forward. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the other barriers that might be getting in the way of you having job search or career train change success right now. We're going to talk a little bit about gaps and unemployment bias and, and how we can address those. And then we'll talk about a few other strategies for jump-starting your career here in the summer in just a few minutes. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about how to overcome a job search stall in this two-speed recovery. The idea being that some industries are doing really well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that job search is going to be easy in those industries. And then that some industries and types of roles are not doing so well and people might be stuck right now in underemployment or unemployment 
and what can you do to kickstart your search here during the summer, especially knowing that other people will be distracted (laughs) or busy um, realistically. And if you can find a way to squeeze in some of these tips, you can be ahead of the game and land something this summer or be ahead of the game when it when the fall picks up. Next piece is identifying those real life barriers and finding some solutions. One of the top the topics that we see a lot and the data that we see a lot is how many women left the workforce and haven't gone back because there's this real life thing called childcare that somebody has to watch the kids. And if we don't have the opportunity to do that, if we don't have the means to pay for childcare, how are we going to go back to work? And I see moms every single day struggling with this in some of the moms groups that I'm a part of on, on Facebook. And of course, within our career services provider community who has a lot of females and a, and a lot of moms. What are you going to do to solve this problem? And how, what are your resources? What are the pros and cons? You sit down and, and make a budget. Use your mom group resources. I see people in our moms group all the time sharing about the programs that are available to help with childcare. If you make a certain amount in Utah, you can make quite a bit in Utah and still get assistance with childcare, which is great. There are a lot of companies coming out with opportunities to help you with childcare because they need workers. And they, you know, they're trying to put together some creative opportunities there. So you might look at some of those companies in industries that are doing well and see, are they doing anything to help with this challenge? And sitting down, really looking at your budget, doing your research in terms of childcare, seeing if there's a creative co-op kind of opportunity that might be available. I have some colleagues that did this last September when it was unclear whether or not schools were going to go back or whatever. They got together with other people and, and figured out how to do a trade or hire a teacher. It isn't, there isn't an easy solution, especially for those women who are stuck in that position of, you know, barely making enough to be able to pay for childcare. And this is an argument that's hard to make, especially perhaps with your, your significant other. But even if you are barely making more than what the childcare costs, if you really want to work, this is what helps you get back into the game. The longer your gap is, the harder it will be to start back Now, if you really want to be at home with your kids, then, you know, figure out how to make that work. If you really want to go back to work, if there is some differential between what you make after the childcare costs, there is more benefits than just the money to going back to to work if you can find it now, because you might be in a position to step into something where there's a gap. And if you can find it now, you will have an easier time continuing that employment and moving up, doing it now rather than waiting and letting the gap get longer, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. 
unfortunately, those gaps do hurt us, especially as moms. If you want to get back to work, do the math, get creative, reach out to your support network, see what those other moms on Facebook groups have to say to help you out and and see if there's anything during the summertime that you may be able to come up with some creative ideas that would help you get back to work in the fall if that is your goal. There's other barriers as well. There's a lot of talk in the news about remote jobs and LinkedIn shared, you know, remote job postings had gone up 472% and we're thinking, yay, we should be able to find a remote job. The challenge is that only certain types of jobs can be done remotely. Companies are figuring it out and that's increasing, but you may or may not be in a job that can be done remotely. Start looking at the remote posts, start looking at what they're what they're offering, what they're looking for, the skill sets that they're looking for. And then can you connect the dots? Is there a way to translate what you've been doing? into what you would be doing remotely can you can you make that case that you have the skills and experience that they're looking for for those jobs and then don't kid yourself and think that this is going to be able to be done at home while you have kids at home because most of us that work remotely will tell you that that's really not a thing unless you have really young kids that are napping you know, quite a bit during the day or older kids that can take care of the younger ones or something, you know, with a two and a four-year-old right now, I could tell you there is no way when they're at home, unless they are really sick, like sleep on the couch all day sick, I'm not getting much done. That's the remote work thing does, does not necessarily mean that you can forego childcare, but it might give you an opportunity to find more flexible childcare or maybe find a teenager that can watch the kids, but you're still there in case something does happen. It pro- could provide more flexibility, but it doesn't necessarily solve the childcare problem, which I think some of the remote job postings and data that people are talking about seems to assume it can do. And those of us who've lived that reality just know that it doesn't work for moms or dads. Sorry, I keep referring to moms because that's my loved, lived experience. But of course, we have a lot of dads out there facing the same problems. We've got to understand what those barriers are. Be realistic about them and then look for ways that we might solve them. Otherwise, we just keep in this vicious circle of I get something, then realize that it's not going to work for my life, have to either turn it down or quit, and then get into this vicious cycle. And the more we can be realistic about that, the better. So let's talk a little bit about these gaps and transition and employer mindset. It's important for us when we're going into a job search to be realistic and put ourselves in that employer's shoes. What does the employer need? They've got to make money. They've got to serve their customers. They've got to deliver what they said they would deliver. And they can be great to their employees. We want to find a company that's great to their employees. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to put up with every life challenge that we have, right? They still have to do their job, which is deliver the value to their customers, their stakeholders, their shareholders. And of course, to you as an employee, in that you're helping them deliver the value to those other people, right? Put yourself in their shoes. 
They're looking for someone that can walk in and do the job. Yes, it's unrealistic, but even in a job market that looks to have, you know, plenty of open jobs and why won't they train? You can argue that and and hit your head up against that wall if you want to. I'd recommend we just look at, hey, they want to hire someone that can walk in and do this job today. And they're going to take longer than we think they should to find that person because training someone and onboarding someone and all of that just takes a lot of time and it has more tangible costs than looking for someone for longer than they maybe should. Your job then is to connect the dots for them. Make it easy. Make it obvious that, hey, I've done the job you're looking for me to do. Translate as much as you can. You don't want to lie. You don't want to stretch the truth. But you want to look at their language and your language or the language you've used in your previous worlds and figure out those places where you can use their language realistically without stretching the truth to show them, to make it obvious that you've done what they are looking for you to do. You might have to do other things to fill those gaps, like going back to school or finding an internship or a volunteer opportunity that will let you use the skills that they want to see someone has used in this new job. Those are your goals, to be able to make it easy, make it obvious, make it look like you've done that job because guess what you have. And if you haven't, then you're going to go do what you need to do to fill that gap educationally or experience-wise if you can find that opportunity to volunteer and be able to put those skills in real life use on your resume. And the more you can do that, the better. This is where the mom challenge comes in because if we want to fill that gap, we have to do it in the most relevant way possible because people aren't hiring us to be a mom. Just I tell this to, you know, founders of companies, if you're applying for a job that is not a founder, we can't say that you are, you know, we can't highlight that. We can't push that too much because that's not relevant people transitioning out of the military, whatever it is, any kind of transition, I think we can take it too personally when it's our group, you know, whether we are part of the military or we are a mom or whatever it might be, or a dad that's transitioning back to the workforce. It is not, it's not against that group. It's just the way it works for anyone transitioning or having a gap. Employers want to see relevant, recent experience in the most relevant context possible so that they can feel comfortable that you can walk in and do the job tomorrow. It is our job as resume writers, job seekers, career coaches, to figure out how to tell the stories of our most recent experience in as most relevant of language as possible. And this might mean for some people that they have to find Again, that class where you have a class project that you can do so you can communicate the skills in a relevant and recent experience or a volunteer opportunity or, you know, an internship. Some companies are calling it a returnship. You know, make it up. Figure it out. If the, if the word internship doesn't seem to fly with the audiences you're talking about, figure out if there's an, another way to get in. And this is where the heavy networking comes in when you're making this transition because you've got to find someone who give take that chance on you and every communication is around that relevant recent experience in as most relevant 
of context as possible. When you're making that transition, you want to make it obvious and make the decision easy for that employer to feel comfortable that when they bring you in, you're going to be able to do the job right away. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about bias and mindset and how that gets in the way for people who are especially transitioning or have been unemployed for a while. And then we'll finish up by talking about strategy and burnout. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about how to warm up, heat up (laughs) your job search this summer um, while everyone else might be taking a break. Gaps and making a transition makes it more challenging, doesn't make it impossible. Here's the thing that we know about gaps, that they hurt your case. Should it be that way? No. We can argue about that until the cows come home, but the data shows that if you have a gap on your resume that is longer than 9 to 12 months, you start to face unemployment bias. And this happens to anyone who's unemployed. It happens, you know, to moms and dads and people who are laid off for whatever reason, COVID. There was some talk, you know, early in, well, probably late last year, that, oh, COVID is different. People won't have that bias because everyone was impacted by COVID. In some industries, that might be true. In other industries, if everyone I know is back to work as an HR person, 
that unemployment bias is going to start creeping in. It is human nature. It is, they, they call it unconscious, but it's not really it, right? It's it's below our consciousness. We're not really thinking about the fact that we're judging, but we are. And research has proven this over and over again for years. And I just don't think that COVID is going to change the human DNA that quickly. And what you'll see is as soon as everyone I know is back to work, that that unemployment bias is going to start creeping into decisions. Fill the gap. Find ways to talk about what you've been doing in the relevant context, relevant skills, courses, projects, volunteer, whatever it might be. And courses, so courses were the number one way to fill the gap in this little bit of research that uh, Resume Go did around gaps. You can start today. Most classes suggest a project, even on free platforms like Coursera. And fill that gap with something that is relevant and recent to what you want to do. The other problem with unemployment, and this has this was something that we saw in the 2008 recession, is the mindset challenges that happen. And I see this happen with even with people who are employed but looking for something different. Rejection sucks. Right, You get it over and over and over again, and it takes a hit on your self-esteem. We can't deny that. Well, we can, I guess, but you'd just be fooling yourself, and it's not very helpful. We recognize that it's happening. Find ways to feel productive, helpful, and valued in other places in your life volunteer great if it can be something that's building your skills but it's even going to be helpful in something that maybe you wouldn't necessarily put on your resume because it can make you feel helpful and valued share this information with your spouse your partner your friends and family so that they can help you find ways to feel helpful and valued there's a lot of, you know, numbers people throw around that you need five good inputs for every bad input when you're talking about parenting, right? You need every time you kind of negatively correcting, you need to do five good inputs. The same is true for you in job search. Every time you're getting rejected or you're especially when you're interviewing and you don't get the job, I think that's like a double to hit we got to find places to get those other five good inputs, being able to contribute, add value. And we're not going to be able to get it all from the external world. We need things that can also help us find it internally. A gratitude practice, a journal where we are consciously thinking about our value as a human, separating it, like kind of physically, like with your hands, separating it. My physical value as a human is separated from my performance in my work or in my job search or other people's opinions of me or the fact that I didn't get that job. Those do not impact your worth as a person, but that's really hard. They start to get all mixed up and tangled. 
and we need to daily like physically consciously separate those two I love gratitude practice it can help us do that I think volunteering can help us do that taking a course giving back in in other ways even starting a blog to share your expertise please not your you know your job search challenges but to share your expertise something that can remind you daily optimally multiple times daily of your value as a human we need that because this rejection piece over here is continually picking at that and there's nothing that that employer or interviewer can do to help with that we have to do that on our own because we need to come back whole to every single opportunity that we come back to I was working a job fair in 2009 and my job at the job fair was to try to <laughs> help people as they were coming in to the job fair. I was standing at a front table helping people get organized and understand the layout and also trying to give them a little bit of a pickup. Like, oh, I love, you know, I love your shirt. I love your jacket. I love whatever it was, something tiny that I could find out from people. And sometimes it was, oh, I love that shirt. Let's hang up your jacket right here. Because people didn't think about the fact that that jacket didn't look so great. And there was a guy at one of the booths. And I went around to the booth during kind of a slow time. And I said, oh, how is it going? And he said, oh, this is just so depressing expand please tell me why people just look like you like their dog just died and it's so hard to see someone's skills to see their value to see what they could bring to this job when they can't see it themselves when they've been rejected so many times downtrodden have other things going on in their lives back to our previous conversation that make them feel like and appear with that downtrodden demeanor. This is especially challenging when we're interviewing virtually because, boy, you got to bring some extra energy to that Zoom interview for it to go off well. And if you're feeling downtrodden, if you're not taking care of your mental health, your mental preparation for the job search, it's going to be challenging. So there was a study that was done a while ago before COVID on the ways that interviewers rated in-person versus virtual candidates. And the words in the virtual were boring uninterested like it was not good and it was the same candidates that went virtual or in person you got to bring extra to that virtual interview this means we've got to have some kind of practice going on to deal with the negativity of job search I love the Calm app. I used to use the Calm app. One of my colleagues recently created an app called CalmCast, C-A-L-M-C-A-S-T, where it's this meditation, guided meditations around specifically around confidence and self-worth. Even if you think you've never really worried about that and you're fine, 
you you'll find so much power in that journaling gratitude because in the research around unemployment bias they found yes there's bias from the reviewers and there's also a difference in the way a candidate shows up when they've been unemployed for a while and this is uh, you know obvious right but we don't really want to admit it that when we've been unemployed for a while we are going to show up differently than our colleagues who have had that positive reinforcement at work. At least some. Find a way to give it to yourself. Fill those gaps with something. And those will also help your mindset. But start some kind of a mindset practice to deal with all of the negativity in job search. Even if you're employed and currently looking, I've I've been in that situation, took my husband like four years to find his current job. And even employed, it's going to take a a hit on your confidence when you are, are rejected, especially when you interview and don't get that job. What is your strategy? What is your plan for dealing with that? taking care of yourself, resetting your mindset, and being able to come back stronger. So let's talk about the next big challenge then in job search, which is lack of a strategy or plan. And this starts way back at the beginning, as we were talking about the beginning of the show, having that strategy, what types of jobs are you applying for, and in what industries, what geographies, what are the culture of the company, the more specific you are in that job search plan, that marketing plan, the easier it will be for you to be proactive in your search. Think about a company where they are going to market a product. They know everything they need to know about that product, its pros, its cons, the competition, and they know everything they can know about their market, the demographics, the psychographics. You are in a position that's very similar. No, you're not a product. And, you know, I, I know that analogy is unbecoming to people. However, you're in a very similar situation and those same strategies can really help you know your audience, know yourself, because then you can do the proactive parts of job search that'll allow you to connect those dots. You can't connect them when they aren't on the page, right? Get them down, understand what what they are because that will help you so much in your job search. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back, outline the pieces of this job search strategy a little bit more and then we'll talk, kind of wrap up there on how you manage your emotional state and, and burnout as you go through this job search. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant Hello, and you are at The Career Confidant, and we've been talking about job search strategy and ways that you can heat it up this summer while other people might be taking a break. Identifying the real problem, what's really going on in your work life? Is it job? You know, if you're thinking about making a change, is it really the job? And what about the job isn't working so that we don't jump out of the frying pan into the fire or maybe even find some ways to make that transition in the job that we're at or in the company where we are instead of having to to jump ship right now? Identifying the real life barriers, figuring out some creative solutions for those so that we don't keep running up against them. Realizing that employers' expectations are what they are, and it's our job as a resume writer, career coach, or candidate to address their concerns, to market ourselves to meet their needs, and and that we can have some latitude to do that, but we have to make it obvious and clear that we are qualified for the job. Then we talked a little bit about unemployment bias and mindset and the challenges that really eat away at our success because we're not showing up as our best self if we're not consciously thinking about how we are managing the negative energy that comes with job search and and the rejection and all of those pieces that go along with it. Then we started here talking about strategy. Strategy is, is really critical in anything that we do. With job search, if we don't have it, we end up floundering, we end up being reactive instead of proactive and really we end up being at the at the back of the line because we're not able to get in and be a known quantity fast enough so although things are shifting the data still shows around 55% of employers prefer to hire someone who who is a referral this means someone that someone else in the company knows and is willing to speak up and say, yes, this person would be a good person to hire. To be able to achieve that, to have someone 
on the inside when you apply to a job that you want, we have to have a strategy. That strategy starts with focus. What industries are you targeting? What roles are you targeting? And how are you connecting the dots between what you've done and what you want to do? No one's going to stick their neck out for you if you can't do that. And then target companies. Target companies often confuse people. We did a whole show on it a few times. It's the companies that you would like to work for. Typically, companies that are in an industry that you've been in before, unless you're trying to change industries. And if you're trying to change industries, you're looking for companies that are somewhat similar to that industry. You know, making a huge jump is going to be a challenge. Is there a way to make a, a step? So I was working with an engineer who wanted to get into clean energy out of the oil and gas industry. This is going to be a hard step. It doesn't seem like it should be. But employers want to hire someone that has experience doing what they've done in the industry that they've done it in. What are the gaps between the industries? What are the skills you need to learn? And is there a company or industry or set of companies, hopefully, where you could make that transition? So companies that do something where the two types of industries interface or companies that are large enough that they might serve both industries. So let's say they have an oil and gas division, but they also have a clean energy division. You get in there, then you might be able to make that transition internally easier than externally from one industry to the next. You're looking for a list of companies based on location, I know that the remote thing is out there, but a lot of companies are still hiring people that would be able to come into the office a few days a work a week. The real story that I'm seeing is more around hybrid than it is around straight remote. So location is still going to have some bearing to help you at least get started with your target list. You can look at lists of companies that you know might be the largest or fastest growing. But those are going to be all over the board in terms of industry. And then you can also look at the industries that are growing. Glassdoor, there's some few reports out there about the industries that are growing. Would that be a good fit? Will they connect the dots between what you've done and what you want to do? And then lists that are smaller to the geography can often be gold lines. So instead of looking at the, you know, Forbes top 100 What about the top 50 companies in your geography or region? Those might be easier companies to get into, to make contacts with, and give you a little bit more focus than looking at some of the big lists. Once you start down that path of creating a target list, then you can add competitors. You can ask people what other companies they would add. That's a great networking question. And realize that people aren't going to see it as exclusive. One of the first clients that I ever worked through this process with uh, sent his target list to his contacts and kind of had that fear of, oh, you know, what if they don't know anybody at these organizations? And really quickly, somebody got back to him and said, oh, I know of this nonprofit, so similar organization to the ones on his list who's hiring for this position. And don't you know that that's the job that they ended up getting 
even though that company wasn't on the target list. The target list gives people an opportunity to jump off of it, not exclusive. Then you start working your network towards those companies. You're talking to the people that already know, like, and trust you, and you're asking them to help you research, make connections into those companies using tools like LinkedIn that might show you the connection between the people that already know, like, and trust you and those people that are in those organizations. And you might have to do some cold outreach to people in those organizations. You always want to be careful with that. Lead with curiosity and research and questions. It's not about getting a job. It's about learning more about that company. Yeah, they're on your target list, but you still need to learn more about that company to help you in your job search and decide if they're really a good fit. Along the way, you are scheduling in and tasking down those tasks that you need to do to take care of your mental health. Research, research, exercise, exercise, eating well, getting sleep. It's not rocket science. It just takes our our mental, it takes us committing to doing those things and realizing that they are important even when they don't feel tactical. Because when we're not taking care of those things, the tactical execution is not going to be there because we're not able to show up like we need to show up. And we're going to get some more of that and some inspiration around those items when we talk to our guest next week. And we're going to have a, a guest next week be talking more about mindset and really achieving the goals that you want to achieve in in your career. And I hope that you'll join us then. If you have any questions or other guests or ideas for the show, please feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. If you're looking for help with your resume or job search strategy or career management, we've got a list of coaches on careerthoughtleaders.com and a form that you can fill out and send in so that we can help you find the best person to help you with whatever your career challenge is. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.